This episode of Heavy Cardboard is brought to you by BoardGameTables.com. While none of us needs a gaming table, it sure would be great to have one as the centerpiece of your game days. Go check them out at BoardGameTables.com and take your gaming to the next level. Now, onto the show. Heavy Cardboard Episode 52, The Top 50. Coming to you from Commerce City, Colorado, welcome to Heavy Cardboard, where we talk medium and heavy strategy board games, war games, 18xx, and in this case, a whole lot of lists, or a list, as it were. We're your hosts, I'm Edward. And I'm Amanda. So, unfortunately... We were supposed to have had our basement already started by now. And, well, as as folks that understand construction know, delays are inevitable, and ours was delayed like four or five days. So we're hoping that here, by the time this releases, the basement has started. Fingers crossed. Yeah, because we're already in a world of clutter mm-hmm. and just really need this to get done. So we're anticipating the six weeks, just anxious for it to be done. And it hasn't even started yet. (laughs) So I'm down to 215.4 pounds, really buckling down. Uh, I'm really focused on hitting my Weight Watchers goal. And my goal is to now hit that by the end of September. So, all right, let's do this, damn it. Uh, I am back down to 21 pounds lost. I still have two more pounds to go before I meet my maximum amount that I lost. But um, I'm getting there and... With Dana living here now, I decided to just go with whatever she says. Things are point-wise because she's a lot more strict, well, about Weight Watchers in general than either one of us are. And she seems to be losing quite a bit of weight, and I seem to not be losing quite a bit of weight. So <laughs> I'm just going to follow her lead, and hopefully I think that'll help. I think so, too. She just inflates numbers. Oh, this is probably six points when it's really only four right. or something like that. So, yeah, that yeah. should that should definitely help. Yeah, I hope so. And uh, my ankle is completely fine now, which is absolutely absurd, but whatever. So I didn't think you were a hypochondriac, but, um, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was just bizarre. It went away just as quickly as it started. So, OK. So Matt is currently not like this second, but he is in the process of editing our face playthrough video, which ended up being 13 days. I think I explained why it was 13 days and not something else last episode. So if you're curious, go back and listen to that. But anyway, that should be up on the Heavy Cardboard Vids YouTube page here sooner rather than later. Um, I, I hesitate to say definitely, but it should be up by the end of August. When we were moving offices around, I found a random bag of old magic cards, which we picked up at a thrift store a couple years ago and just never did anything with them. And so I decided to go through them and search to see how much they are worth. And I got through about 50 of them. And the highest one so far was nine cents. (laughs) Um, But I was going to continue to go through them. But Edward saw on a geek list that an Essen attendee was requesting old magic cards just to look at them. So, well, look at them. And he likes just 
building decks. Yeah. And he's not like a super competitive uh, player or whatever. And he's like, hey, if anybody has any, I'll buy them from him. And I was like, well, I know we got this big old stack of magic cards and I really don't have any interest in it anymore. So yeah. So he's you're going to take the Ziploc bag full of old magic cards to uh, Germany. <laughs> Yep, and give it to him, and mm-hmm. it just you know, it was something simple that is nice. That why not help one another out, right? Exactly. And I'm also uh, offering up services for muling things over to Essen. I already had quite a few takers on this, but uh, I'm thinking that uh, I'm probably going to still have some room for some stuff uh, once. Essen gets closer, then I will open it up to the guild, to anybody in the guild that wants me to mule stuff from the states over. I'm going to try and limit it to one item per person. That way I can kind of spread the love a little bit more. And yeah, I just thought it, I mean, why wouldn't I do that, right? Right. I mean, obviously, the only stuff that I have to bring over to Essen with me is, well, me, you know, a toothbrush (laughs) and and heavy cardboard t-shirts and pint glasses to sell to folks at the meetup on Friday night at Essen. But other than that, yeah, I got all that luggage space. Might as well. So yeah, I thought it was a cool thing to do. Speaking of cool things, uh, I went ahead and made a map on Google for folks to post a pin so everyone can kind of see where everyone is. I thought that was kind of a cool idea. I'm curious just to see... I mean, I know we have listeners on six continents, but it would be cool to actually be like, oh, that's where so-and-so yeah, lives or absolutely. whatever. And I mean, if you know, if you're not comfortable putting your exact address, which I can completely understand, just, you know, hey, if you're from Denver, put a pin right in Denver. Right. Or tag your, or put a pin where your FLGS is. Yeah. Um, that was a good idea. Somebody mentioned as well. Yep. Also, uh, the other reason behind this was there might be other fans of the show, listeners of the show that are in your city or your town that you might not have known about. And maybe this will help, you know, get other elephants gaming with one another. I thought that was a cool little side benefit yeah, other definitely. than just pure curiosity, you know? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So we now have permanent for now house guests and Matt, Dana, and their cat, Leo. And that means possible four-player games every night, which is well, awesome. Well, maybe not every night, well, but yes. I said possible every night. <laughs> And um, Asher and Leo aren't quite sure what to make of each other yet. We have had a couple of barking sessions and a couple of hissing sessions. But they're walking past one another in close proximity. Mm -hmm. So I think they're just, they're still feeling each other out. Oh, absolutely. They've realized that Asher, he's curious, but really doesn't care about the cat. Mm -hmm. And Leo is paranoid because he's a cat (laughs) and but he's realizing that asher really just doesn't care Mm -hmm. does not care even a little bit about him so um just stay away from his treats (laughs) leo learned that lesson according to dana the other day um but other than that they seem to be you know they're doing okay they're not leo was actually batting asher's tail yesterday that's funny yeah that's really funny (laughs) And again, you know, with Matt and Dana being here, we're now a household of four whenever we go grocery shopping. So the refrigerator is about to explode. The counters are about to explode. (laughs) We have more bananas than like a jungle because Matt, I mean, Dana and I live on bananas. So last, Edward's always afraid that we're going to have bought too many bananas, but we always seem to have to go back and get more. Yeah, I think we bought like six bunches today and those will make it maybe through the end of the week. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yep. Elephants, I thought, not not monkeys. (laughs) Well, you know.
All right, so Edward, why don't you tell everybody how to get in contact with us? Our website, heavycardboard.com. Our email, contact at heavycardboard.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so don't be shy. Twitter, at heavycardboard. We are very, very active on Twitter. Amanda's Twitter is at Amanda U. Facebook, Heavy Cardboard. Instagram, Heavy Cardboard. Our Patreon, come support us. We definitely appreciate everyone that is doing so. Patreon.com forward slash Heavy Cardboard. And our BGG Guild is number 2044. A lot of good discussions pretty much continuously going on over there. So come join the Guild and say hi. This is Quentin Smith from Shut Up and Sit Down, and you're listening to Heavy Cardboard. We wanted to send a big thank you to Tommy and Lee, the fellas behind Meeple Realty, for their sponsorship of Heavy Cardboard. Their reputation for making amazing quality board game inserts is flawless, and they keep coming up with more and more ingenious designs to help keep us gamers keep our games organized. I can't imagine how one goes about designing the inserts. I'm just glad that they do it. So go check them out over at MeepleRealty.com and mention you heard about them from Heavy Cardboard. So do we have any new iTunes reviews? Yeah, we had a couple. Uh, Indie Mike BB and Gold Dust 66 much appreciated on the reviews. Keep it up. And if you're listening to this and you have not left us an iTunes review and you're willing to do so, because I know Apple, iTunes, the devil, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> We'd appreciate it. It really does. It helps visibility on the show, and it's really cool to see when we're listed in the news and new and noteworthy uh, yeah. for you know our little show. That's so awesome. We appreciate it and keep it up. Thanks. Speaking of saying thanks, we wanted to keep mentioning uh, some Patreon supporters. So big thank you goes over to Amby Valdez, Mark Van Menden, Dan Habel, Bill Simone, Eric Nelson, Adam Harvey. Matt Kelly, Andrew Dennison, Stephen Canning, and Russell Smith. Thanks again, and if you don't support us on Patreon, we'd appreciate it if you guys would consider doing so. So we're going to roll out a new feature here on Heavy Cardboard, which is um, for basically for you guys. So we have a phone number for you guys to call and leave us voicemails if you want. The phone number is 720-675-8975. So you can call and leave us a voicemail and let us know what you're thinking about or what games you're playing or what, if you have a question about a game, we thought it'd be cool to, you know, interact with our listeners on the show. So yeah, we thought this was I a good way to Yeah, I think it's a cool it. idea. So good call on that. I stepped on you. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. So yeah, we thought it'd be cool to do that. Yeah, I think that was a pretty fun idea and it'll be a new segment of the show if people partake. So yeah. let's have some fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we we get a lot of emails and we try to answer all of them, but we thought it might be a good idea, too, to start answering some of the emails that we receive on, on the show instead of responding to an email. So if you guys like or dislike that idea, let us know at contact at heavycardboard.com. Give us your thoughts. Let us know what you think. So this is a bit weird, but we haven't acquired anything since last episode. <laughs> Uh, In fact, it's going the opposite way. The annual Heavy Cardboard Game Group auction is now live, so go check it out over on BGG if so inclined. We'll link to it in the show notes. But yeah, no acquisitions since last episode. What the what? Yeah, but considering the just glut of games, I'm sure, that are going to make their way into our collection from Essen, I'm okay with that. So, I know that this is weird, 
but I actually have a game that I'm looking forward to. What, you mean like for us to acquire? Yeah. I'm all ears. <laughs> I was reading Steph's Meeples of the Rainbow blog. She was talking about her experience at Gen Con, and she demoed a game called Sagrada. It has a Kickstarter that's coming in September, and it just looked gorgeous. The pictures that she took were just beautiful. It's a dice drafting game in which you are crafting stained glass windows. Sounded like a cool little filler for us. I, I dig the idea of that. I mean, not many games about crafting stained glass windows. Exactly. Um, and I dig unique themes. You mm-hmm. know that. So, all right. Uh, we'll take a look for sure yeah. when it comes out. Absolutely. I just thought it sounded, it looked it looked beautiful. So, therefore, I was interested. <laughs> I, I was just excited to hear that you, there was something you were looking <laughs> forward to for that. Because that's so unlike you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. As far as... Uh, you know, on the shopping list, it's just the anticipation list. Um, 1822 is is still at the top of my list, but I'll be honest, I'm not in a huge rush to pick that up for the simple fact that Tony has it, Paul Chad's got a copy, and I know we're going to be able to play it here in the next few weeks. So we have direct access to it. And so while we will eventually get a copy, I'm not like, <gasps> must have my own copy. So other than that, just the stuff that's on the anticipation list I'm looking forward to. There's been a new uh, key game in the series that was announced that I'm jonesing for to check out. And there's just there's a lot of war games that are coming out that I'm looking forward to, or at least looking forward to checking out more. And the Essen list is ever growing Mm -hmm. as it um, no doubt was going to happen. So, yeah, just check that out and. That's pretty much pretty much it. it. This is kind of the calm before the storm, I think, as far as hunting and acquiring. Come October, all bets are off at that point. As far as looking forward to playing, though, um, it's pretty much the same as last episode. Uh, Millennium Blades, Star Wars Rebellion, Panthalos, Princes of the Renaissance, more Crisis, and one more addition, though, more Scythe. Mm-hmm. More on that here in a minute. Mm-hmm. And I obviously want to get more Panthalos played. And I was thinking about it. And I want to get Clinic played again. Because I've only played it once. It was a disaster. Um, and I definitely feel like I've grown as a gamer since just that time. So I'd like to I'd like to give it another shot and see if it makes me want to stop like it did before. Because <laughs> the 3D stuff. Mm-hmm. That is difficult. That is, is no so doubt a hard. difficult uh, difficult concept for, for my brain to work yeah. through as well. But yeah. I'm on board. I'm, I have no doubt that we have others in our group that would be down. Or, you know, people that live here. That too. <laughs> All right. Why don't you uh, take a minute and talk about what we've been playing, or at least what you've been playing. So, Kalis, the Age of Steam China map, which was a disaster in and of its own, right? Well, not for all of us. <laughs> Just for me. It was really, really bad. <laughs> but you and had fun. I did. Right? And um, then we played Scythe. You and I were playing together, and then Ash had to leave, so I swapped places with him. And, um, yeah, it's hard to jump in <laughs> when you don't know what the strategy was before the person left. So that was difficult. But I did really enjoy the game, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Now, mm-hmm. that's not to say that I, I was expecting a disaster or anything, because... Let's face it, Jamie doesn't make bad games. Right. 
Um, I just I was worried that this would be more euphoria and less viticulture Mm -hmm. as far as our enjoyment factor. And even though it's got, you know, a a bunch of uh, plastic minis and let's face it, you and I really, yeah, whatever on those. uh, The game itself was I thoroughly enjoyed it and I'm Mm -hmm. really looking forward to getting more plays of it in. And also got a play in of Crisis. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So the first time we played Crisis, we because there's three difficulty levels for the austerity plan in Crisis. And the first time we played it, we played it on the easy level. And I think all of us were fairly underwhelmed uh, because there just wasn't any tension from the game whatsoever yeah. in the economy. Well, this time we went to the other end of the extreme and played on the hard. And we played at five players. And wow, what a difference that yes. makes. Yes, drastic. Night and day. It went from being a, eh, you know, it's fine game to, dude, everybody wants to play that again now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody is really, really excited to play that game again now. Yeah. So moral of the story is I think we're past easy levels of games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the second thing is... This is why I don't like talking about games much after an initial play. Mm-hmm. Because the first play, it was fine. It was milk toast. However, the second play, wow, that was really good. Now we need to really get into this. I'm genuinely excited to play it more. And yeah. we're fortunate to have a prototype because it's currently on Kickstarter. And even though it's on Kickstarter for another week... They've essentially shut it down. And the reason for that is Iracles, who heads up Luda Creations, who's the publisher for this, they made the just unheard of decision, or at least as far as I'm concerned, to not accept any more orders. They did the math. They figured out, look, this is how many we can comfortably actually make and deliver in a timely period. And so they said, look, we've reached that limit. Thanks, we're all sold out, even though there's a week to go on the Kickstarter. Incredible. And, you know, there are a lot of Kickstarters that run that really give Kickstarter a bad name. And and we don't know how this ends up, whether or not this is a huge success or they still stumble maybe in, in the fulfillment. But all we have to go off of is the judgment call that they made. And they said, look. This is how much we're comfortable with producing or how many we're comfortable producing. And that is that's amazing to me. And I think they absolutely should be commended for that. Absolutely. I'm really excited to meet everybody over at Essen and hopefully uh, other other Kickstarter creators learn from this and just don't over promise and under deliver. It's better to under promise and over deliver. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm excited for our copy of the of the published game, even though the 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 prototype is, well, fantastic, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely can't wait to play it some more. So hopefully next weekend. Yeah, it was so much fun. I cannot wait to play it again. You know, I said next weekend. I forget Matt and Dana are here. Oh, we can probably play it maybe this week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
we want to thank the great folks over at GameStar Plus for their sponsorship of the show. When you put together great people with a great reputation with a great inventory of games, which includes many imports and hard-to-find games, you have a winning combination. Their tagline is home of great games at great prices, so check them out at GameStarPlus.com. If you're looking for an import game, or really any game that may or may not be widely available, don't hesitate to contact Velma at games at gamesurplus.com and she'll work her magic for you. And when you do, make sure to tell them that Heavy Cardboard sent you. So I wanted in on this top 50 thing that you and Tony did. Well, not just you, but I think a lot of other people want to know what your top 50 is as well. It's time to revisit the top 50 from back in January. We chose to do this now because folks have asked to hear about Amanda's top 50 so they can kind of have a frame of reference when it comes to her likes and games and to give context in in regards to her reviews. Fair enough. And since this is a spotlight in time, I thought I'd take the time and revisit my top 50 as well. The goal here is to make this an annual list, maybe biannual, we'll see. So look for another one in the first few months of 2017. Last time, I was able to go through all my plays and pick out 38 no-brainers. These would be on my top 50. This time, I was able to go through and I picked out 44. Wow. I he We do things differently. I just went through and I went through my plays, all of the ones that were logged anyway, and wrote down if I thought that it could possibly be in my top 50. And... I think there was about 65, maybe. I can't really remember. And then I just called from there. Okay. All right. So we went about it kind of opposite ways, but we got to the same spot. Mm -hmm. Didn't matter. Yep. So to say this is fluid is an understatement. I made my list numerous times over the course of this, et cetera, et cetera. So some, some guidelines that we followed, though. No filler games. Games like Arboretum, SNCF, et cetera. For the sake of these lists, we labeled filler as any game in which you would not go to a game day specifically to play, or at least one that we wouldn't go and specifically play. Right. Or to put it another way, you wouldn't build a game day around this game. Like, oh, wow, I can't wait to go and play Arboretum. No, No. Arboretum, (laughs) you're going to play in between whatever meals you're having, so to speak. No expansions, although there may be some games that we include with their expansions. Numbers 50 down to 21, we listed alphabetically because it's awfully arbitrary. And the further down the list you go, I mean, really, what's the difference between number 43 and number 47 after all? Right. We did number them from number 20 down to number one. This is by no means a complete list. There are still plenty of games that we have not gotten around to trying or that haven't impacted us enough in limited plays. This is my top 50 of 602 games that I've played, which is the top 8.3% not factoring out filler games, which is up from 481 games when this list was made in January eight months ago. I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Last but not least, obviously Amanda knows my top 50 from the last time we did this. I have no clue what's on her list. The only game that I know for sure is on there is Castles of Burgundy. Outside of that, and I know Twa isn't going to be on there. Outside of those two games, I'm really ex- I'm as excited as the listeners are to find out what's on your list. All right. So whenever I took over and just began 
logging my own plays, not the plays that Edward and I played together or, or whatever. We kind of shared EAPs, the BGG ID for a while for logging our plays. Whenever I started just doing mine on my login, Amanda U, I have played 210 games on that login, but obviously I played a lot more than that, but that's all that I have bare bones, raw, for sure no access to. All right, so let's do this. So starting with number 50 down to 21, again, alphabetical. Ladies first. 1860, Railways on the Isle of Wight. I really enjoy this game. It's a very good entry-level 18xx game, and it's a good game that to um, play multiple times to try to figure out different strategies and things like that. And it plays well to players. Yep. This is also my first entry on oh, the yay. list as well. And it's it's one that I'm really anxious to get played to players with just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Or if one night Matt and or Dana are available, we can play it three player. But it plays really well two to four players. Big fan. Yep. Next up for me is 1880 China. <laughs> That's mine too. All right. Uh, there. It's it's a bit of an odd duck when it comes to 18xx games. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of non-traditional or a lot of little quirks about it that make it interesting between the outside investors and the way the communist period works yeah. and the whole nine yards and very much not a beginner 18xx game, but definitely one that I'm just always looking forward to playing. Oh yeah, it's a really I've yeah, it's a really cool one. On that note, it's been rumored to be reprinted over the course of the last two and a half years uh, by O&O and for whatever reason they just haven't got around to doing it yet so now that 1844 and 1854 are out I'm hoping that this becomes a priority and they reprint this soon yeah all right my next one is 18 max this is one of the very first XX games that we ever played and you and I played a play-by forum of it as well we need to get this one played I haven't played it in probably a couple years so i would like to get this played and just so we can say chihuahua again even though we know it's chihuahua it's still just more fun to say that i'm gonna go lay track in chihuahua so 18 max was on my list from last time it is no longer on my list and it's basically been replaced by one other game that is further up on my list I do really like 18 Max, but for the reason you just said is the reason it fell off my list is we haven't played it in like two and a half, three mm-hmm. years. And it has one of the most brutal train rushes mm-hmm. in any 18XX to where most games are going to end in bankruptcy. So I am very much enamored with the game. Just haven't gotten played enough to, and there are other ones that have that I feel stronger about because of a recency plays type thing so therefore that yeah more right in the forefront of your mind right and that's that's pretty much why it's not on mine but yeah i'm a big big fan of 18 max the last 18xx that's on my list outside the top 20 anyway is 1889 this is basically a reskin of 1830 set in japan and it plays in about half the time that 1830 plays in and it has a more interesting map. The reason I'm not too keen on 1830 is I don't like the wonkiness of the Northeast and the way the map plays out. And it's just not my cup of tea. 1889 pretty much solves the length issue as well as just I like the map better. And 
it's kind of exotic, I guess, in a sense that it's Japan. So yeah, yeah 1889. Big fan. Well, um, my problem is that I played this and I don't remember it. Okay. Um, so that, you know, that might be telling as to why it's not on my list. I don't remember playing it even a little bit. <laughs> the last 18xx on my 21 to 50 is 18OE. You played the huge, like, 16-hour scenario at Gen yes, Con. Yes, I played the full game. Yeah. Um, I've only played one medium scenario, but I really enjoyed it. I like just, it's just beautiful, and the graphic design is is wonderful, and I, it's just, it's one of those games that just kind of stuck with me. There's going to be a few in this list that just, I may have only played it once or twice, but it stuck with me, and it makes me want to play it more, and that's why 18OE is on my list. I don't want to over overstep here, but I think it's I think I can say that you enjoy engineering games more running good company games as opposed to stock shenanigan games. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, at least right now, I don't feel comfortable doing any type of stock shenanigans other than selling stock that I have in order to fund myself and try to make my company better. I don't have any interest really at least right now in dumping stocks just to dump them you know things like that all right fair enough so yeah that makes sense that 18 oe is on yours it's beautiful production it's it's a big boy uh obviously it's one of the massive ones but the fact that it has the small and the medium scenarios makes it you know very unique in that respect and Thoroughly enjoy it, just it doesn't hit the table too much, and there are other 18xx games I would rather play. All right. But I understand why it's on your list. So moving out of Trainville, Mm -hmm. moving now into the A's for me, and I think this is fair to do. I put two games, which are really the same game, kind of, and that's Advanced Civ slash Mega Civ together. that's fine. So this is the giant, hey, let's get everybody in town together and play a massive Civ game. This is more a con game than anything else. And it can overstay its welcome a little bit. But, I mean, this is the granddaddy of all Civ games. And I love Civ games, so it's got to be on my list, right? (laughs) Yeah, I've loved every time I've played both Advanced Civ and Mega Civ. So I can't wait to do it again at Heavy Con. I have played Advanced Civ once. I was not involved in the Mega Civ game at HeavyCon. I just, I don't care for the trading of the cards. I don't like negotiating. And so that isn't really a thing for me. I'd, I'd rather play any other Civ games than that one. Makes sense. Fair enough. All right. So I don't have any A's at all. My next game is Bora Bora by Stefan Feld. It is Stefan Feld's heaviest game, I would say. Um... Yes, and, I think so too. Yeah, and I just I just enjoy I enjoy playing the game. The art can be a little bit uh over the Garish. top. Yeah, at times. I was gonna say atrocious, but that seemed to be kind of mean. Um and so <laughs> but yeah, that's that's one of my favorite felts. It narrowly missed the list. It's definitely in my top hundred, but uh yeah, instead, um there's another Stefan Feld coming up here soon for me. All right. Next up for me is Martin Wallace's Automobile. We reviewed this in an earlier episode, and it doesn't hit the table enough. I know this is very, a bit of a divisive game because a lot of people hate the randomness, quote unquote randomness, that are the way the, the tile draws work out as far as demand. But we thoroughly enjoyed all of our plays, Tony and I, and I think you, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. 
But yeah, I it needs to hit the table more. And I look forward to breaking it out at some point again. Yeah. All right, my next one's Cavum, that we, you and I, reviewed that game in a past episode. And, I mean, who doesn't like, you know, driving around in a mine and blowing stuff up and getting gems? Come on. It's just, it's a really fun game. It's a good entry level to track laying as well. It's also on my list. It's definitely one of my top 50s. Totally underrated game. I love the way it just it can confuse you in a good way, especially if you're used to 18xx games or games like Age of Steam, because the track lane is similar, but not exactly like that. Yeah. And it's just you have to think spatially as well, which I struggle with, but I tend to enjoy games in which I struggle. Right. And Cavum is one of those. And I, yeah, definitely belongs on my list as well. So going back a little bit is the only Stefan Feld that's on my list, and it's the one that I know is also on your <laughs> list, and that's Castles of Burgundy. I think it ha- it runs the risk of getting replaced by other, what we like to call school night games. Just, hey, I don't feel like getting into something super meaty tonight. You know, it's had a hard day at work or whatever. Hey, let's just break out Castles of Burgundy. Mm-hmm. I still really thoroughly enjoy it, especially two-player I think it's fine three and mm-hmm. four other people would disagree, but yeah, just just a really, really good weeknight, school night type game. You can you can think as much or as little as you want exactly. on this game mm-hmm. and just enjoy it. It's just so, a, a relaxing game is what I always say. And yeah, I'm going to assume we're going to yeah, talk about that later. We'll talk about that one later. All right. Next up on my list is Kalis. This is the granddaddy of all worker placement games and it can be pretty brutal and awesome and um i've loved my plays of it also on my list and i think the brutality of the provost is why i enjoy this game so much yeah. yes it's not the first worker placement that goes to either keytown or keytown i forget i get them confused which one but for all intents and purposes this is the first mainstream worker placement and there's a reason it's still played there's a reason it's thought of and revered the way it is mm-hmm. just the provost is such an asshole and yes, it's he is. so good <laughs> and by the provost i mean the players moving the provost yes so yeah just a classic and it's one that we're going to be reviewing sooner rather than later mm-hmm. all right next i have the darkest game that i think i've ever played <laughs> darkest as far as theme goes and that would be colonialism. We've never reviewed this. We did a pod blast, Tony and I did back in the day, early on. And just, it is such a unique, just unapologetic look mm-hmm. at the way colonialism worked back in the 17, 18, 19th century. So the premise of it is it has a bit of an El Grande feel, but it's more card play than that. To where you must go and, as a colonial power, remove the native population from the land before you can then strip the resources from the land. Just like what happened in colonial times. And yes, it's a terrible theme. And yes, it's extremely dark. But I appreciate it because it it does it in a respectful way. And let's face it, this is what really happened. So, yeah, just it's a game I I hope to review here Mm -hmm. on the show eventually. But, yeah, colonialism, really good game. 
All right. This is another game that I've only played, I think only once, but I really enjoyed it. It's my favorite city builder. It's called City Tycoon. I played this with um, Chad, you at our old group and Robert, and we really enjoyed it. I specifically remember playing it with them in the basement. We had had a long day playing something else and I wanted a city builder and Chad recommended this and it's, I like it better than suburbia or anything else like that. You have to, um, you, you have to power your building, your, your, you have to power your city by placing power plants and you have to water your city by placing water treatment plants and, and all kinds of stuff. Just you kind of just build out your metropolis and it's a really cool city building game. I don't think you've ever played it. Have you? I have, and it was early, early on in the hobby, mm -hmm. and it was really hard, and it frustrated me, and not in a good way, So, but I haven't played it in three-plus years, so I would like to revisit it, mm -hmm. but yeah, not on my list, but I cool. Yeah. Next up for me, I have Craftsman. This is another that we reviewed back in the day on the show, and it's just, it's just fun in a work difficult i struggle and it really requires you to plan out turns in advance and i just that type of brain working or working your brain as it were i just really dig those type of games and there's a reason we loved it when we were uh, playing it when for the reviews and there's a reason it's still on my top 50 mm -hmm. craftsman really good game yeah, we'll be talking about that later in my list Ooh, all right yeah all right so next up for me is container this game it was one of the very first really hard economic games that I played. And it's so hard for me to, you know, like master exactly how much to price things and remembering that whatever I'm trying to get for myself is what matters and what I'm trying to sell is, it's just, it makes my brain melt in a really good way. And I really enjoy Container. Especially with our heavy cardboard ships that Tony painted us. Yes. And it, it will be later on for me as well. <laughs> All right. All right. The only winsome that I have on my list is up next, and that's Irish Gage. Now, I could have put a, a number of different winsome games on here. Uh, but to be honest with you, there aren't enough that I've played enough to where I can absolutely say, yes, this is it. Whereas Irish Gage, I still remember the first time I played this and just, oh, this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I've loved every single play of this game. Uh, it's just atypical winsome, very low production quality, but just genius design. And I'm just grateful that we have a copy of it. Yeah, that, that was written down, but did not make my cut. All right. All right, up next for me is Demacar. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not in your top 50? Or t not in your top 20, I mean? It, correct, Oh, that sir. disappoints me. Oh. <laughs> not until you're not going to be as disappointed as whenever you hear my next game that's coming up. Um, but yeah, so whenever we played Demacher for you and Tony to review it, gosh, a long time ago, uh, that was one of the very first episodes y'all did. I I enjoyed it in the fact that it was fun for me to play it's silly to say, but like a grown-up game. Like I didn't feel like it was like anything else that we'd ever played before. This feels, I mean, it's the first game that was in BGG's database. It is the quintessential election game. And I like Square Tomatoes. 
And it's just it's just a fun, a very fun, very hard game. It's way up on my list, so we'll just keep moving. <laughs> okay. All right, next up is Vital Lacerda's Kanban. It's also on my top 50. It has one of the most intimidating looking boards that I've ever seen <laughs> yep. until you understand the game. And even then, you just take a step back and you're like, wow, that is busy. <laughs> but it makes perfect sense once you understand the game. And it's just a lot of fun to play. I enjoy the the concept of manufacturing cars. I work in aviation. So just that whole manufacturing process, I just enjoy it. And it's just a really damn good game. Yep. So yeah, the end. I mean, I, another that we reviewed mm -hmm. a while back. Yep. Uh, just yeah, really good game. And now I know what your next game is. Yes. And that makes me sad. My next game is Dominion. I never get to play this game. I only play it with Matt Kleiker. Shout oh, out, Matt. Oh, I was wrong. Okay. Um, That's not what I What did you think it was? Be. We'll get there. Okay. Um, so I, I just, I love, I just love Dominion. I like making the chains and I like all the different cards and I like all of the, I just, I just love the game and it's just fun to me and I like to play multiple games right in a row with people and just, I just have a lot of fun with it, but I only really ever play it with Matt Kleiker at Conclave of Gamers because <laughs> nobody else wants to play the game with me. That's all you. I know. Next up for me, we have Lahav. All right. I struggled well. with this, uh, putting it in my top 20, but the thing that kept it from being in my top 20 is I've noticed the last two times that it's come out uh, at our game day, I've been like, no, I don't want to play mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, then it can't really be in my top 20, I don't think. But that said, it's my favorite jumping off point that to recommend to people for the entry into heavy games. Because essentially, you have two decisions on your turn. Now, obviously, there's more thought that goes into it than that as far as the production chains. But it's either take the offer or go to a building. That's it. Right. The end. Uh, so yeah, big, big fan. I, I enjoy my plays of it, but I think I just, maybe it's just, I need a break from it for a little bit. Possibly for sure. My next game is Dungeon Pets. We've only played it once, but it made an impression and it's, I mean, it's very cartoony looking, but that's a hard game. I was surprised yeah. at how much of a real game that really is. Yeah, we all were, I think. <laughs> I'm looking forward to trying uh, its big brother, so to speak, mm -hmm. Dungeon, uh, Lords. Dungeon Lords. I think that'll also be good. But yeah, that's another game that we need to get to the table more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Next up for me is another game that just narrowly missed my top 20, and that's Cutting Wood in 19th, 18th <laughs> and 19th century. That's Lignum. Yep. We reviewed this, and I this was actually Amanda's test episode. Yes, it was. Uh, we we recorded it at her episode zero to find out whether or not she could do this or not. But long story short, go back, listen to that episode. We love the game. It just recently got reprinted in Germany. And I know our buddy Clay over at Capstone Games. He is going to be reprinting this as well. And I'm really excited to see the production quality that he puts out. Just a really excellent game. My next one is Eclipse, another game that we don't play very often that, that you don't really like either. Um, but <laughs> I love 4X games. I love exploring and I like 
making my, you know, my ships and I love my board and building up my science and money and all those things. And shout out to Mina, because I know you like it too. So sup girl, we should play this sometime. And yeah, so Eclipse is also on my 21 to 50 list. All right. Fair enough. We'll move on. Yeah, no, I'll I'll play it. Um, It's just, it it never gets, it never gets brought up. Mm -mm. It's not a game that I'm going to be like, oh yeah, let's play. But I'm I'm totally game for a game. Another game that I, if I played more, probably would have been in my top 20. And that is the, one of the two quintessential three player only games. And that's Maria. Hmm. Very unique card play in this game. Uh, Cool, uh, just the way the suits work and uh, asymmetric war game that has Euro tendencies. Just a really, really good game that I would love to get to the table more. And I'm hoping now that we have, well, roommates, um, we can do that. Yeah, that's a really interesting game. The card play is very cool and very different in that game. And next up for me is Fields of Arla. So this game originally was in my top 20, but the more I thought about it and the more other games came up, the more I realized that, yeah, it's it's not a, a top 20 game for me, but it is a top 50. Interesting. I mean, we just reviewed this last episode yep. and I'm surprised that it made the cut in your top 50. It did not for me. In fact, it was a game that I, I thought about putting in the auction obviously i wanted to clear that with you and you were like no let's hold on to it Mm -hmm. so if it's a top 50 game for you we absolutely need to well i couldn't tell you that the other Uh, day how about that (laughs) fair enough all right but yeah go back and listen to it episode 51 the newest game on my list and just i am completely smitten with this game And that's by Level 99 Games, Millennium Blades. (laughs) It is such an ambitious game. It's super meta about playing a player that plays collectible card games. And it has an obnoxious amount of cards. It is a mother bear to sort. Thankfully, I have two people that love doing that type thing. Yep, hello. But the actual playing of the game is just plain fun. It is. It's... It's on, that's on my list too. It's just so much fun. I got stomped in our most recent game and I had a blast getting stomped at it. And it gets my adrenaline going, unlike any other legitimate board game, card game, whatever, that isn't like a dexterity game type thing. It just, it's a one of a kind type mm-hmm. game that I just really am always anxious to play. Yeah, it's so much fun. And of course, I backed the expansion because, yeah, the 450 extra cards that we're never going to need. Yeah, of I'm course, totally we in on have that. to have them. So, yeah, that's on my list as well, as well as Madeira. This was one of the first games, again, that that uh, Heavy Cardboard featured. So we played it a lot. No, not one of. It was the it first was one. It was the first. This that's is right. episode one. It yeah. was. Madeira. I remember you saying Madeira and getting to know us or you or whatever. Um, but yeah, so... This game is is very difficult, and those stupid pirates can kill you. But yeah, it's it's a it's a good game. It's a really good game. It's going to be talked about more here in a little bit. <laughs> All right. Next, I have a game that a lot of people say is a five player only game, much like Demacher, and that's New Amsterdam. Hmm. It is a game filled with auctions in which it has a fall away 
uh, trailer problem in a sense that it's not a runaway leader. It's just if you fall behind, you're out. Yeah. There's just no catch up, which we're okay with. But yeah, just a really, really fun game that doesn't hit the table enough. And when we put the list up for Patreon backers to vote on a game to review, this got the fewest votes of all the games out there. So it comes off the list, which is really disappointing. But I'm hoping that in 2017, people will see the light and we'll feature it then. It's such it's a really good game. It really it's really sad that not enough people know about it. Yep. And my next one is Masters of Venice. This was another game that was featured on Heavy Cardboard that we played a lot. Beginning to play it, I didn't really like it um, because of the little little boards and for each. The pegboards? The pegboards were, poof. It's fiddly. Yeah, it's very fiddly, but it's, a, it's such a good game that I'm willing to overlook the fiddliness. It's such a good game. I'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. Next up for me is a game that I struggled not to have in my top uh, 20, and that's Pax Porfiriana. If it hit the table more, it would be. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to playing more of this as well as the newer incarnation, I guess, kind of, uh, of it, and that's Pax Premier. Both games, I just love the design, I even though it's... The graphic design, maybe not so hot. And the rule book, maybe not so hot. But the game itself is really, really fantastic. I I am a bit of a Phil Eklund fanboy, and I am anxious to explore more of his titles. Yeah, it's not on my list, but I do enjoy that as well. But again, like you said, if we played it more, it would most likely be on my list. Up next for me is Mombasa. This game, I can... So we Skype during these during recording and he just has the most shocked look ever on his face. I like the way that Mombasa works in that there's more than one path to victory. You can do different things. You don't have to do the exact same thing every single time you play it. You can do the diamond tracker. You can do the book tracker. You can put out houses and you know, you can do the stock market. It's just, there's so many different ways to, to win that that's, that makes it a really cool game to me and makes it, makes me want to have it on my list. The reason I had that shock look is I was like, wow, it's not on my list. (laughs) So I'm not saying it was an oversight, but let's just say it's very, it's in the top 60 for sure. It probably could have been on this list, but yeah, go back and listen to the episode. Both Tony and I really enjoyed it and yeah, it, it was close. All right. Here we go with Polis, Fight for the Hegemony. This is a game that I'm dying to get to the table with you Mm -hmm. uh, to see if you like it. Because it's a game in which can end extremely early. And the game hates you. (laughs) Your opponent hates you. And it's just really difficult to play well. And I just want more. I want more quality time with this game that I keep saying and it keeps not happening. So I need to make a point. Mm -hmm. But it some people regard Polis as the very best two-player game in existence. Wow. I'm not ready to go there because if I did, it would be higher on my list. I need to play it more. But that's high praise, and I'm really, really excited to play it more. All right. My next game is Noah Heimat. I do not see this as a filler game. You- Nor do I. Okay. So... This is such a brutal auction game and so awesome. And it's just, it's my favorite auction game, I think. 
Um, it's if whenever you were now we're talking auction centric. Yeah. It's just, it's so simple and so brutal and so awesome. Yeah. I, I think it is the most brutal auction game in existence. It's long, it's hard to get a hold of. It's easy to print and play though, if you want to hint, hint <laughs> that said, it's, it's going to be higher on my list here in a little bit. The first splatter game to make its appearance on my list is Roads and Boats. I love logistics, maybe not as much as Amanda, but I love logistics. I think I'm a a closet UPS fiend. <laughs> that said, I I still have a hard time believing we've only played this game once, mm-hmm. which is a Travisham mockery. It is. I understand that. And it's something that Matt and Dana will correct because they both absolutely adore this game as well. So having them local now helps. That said, only played it once, but absolutely loved my uh, my play of it, and just it just needs more love. The end. We'll be talking about that one later. All right, my next one is Panamax. This is not. I would say if if we were actually numbering these, this would be fifty. It's at the very um, cusp of not being included because of we kind of got worn out of the game. Um, but I just, the, the mechanic of being able to push boats is really, really cool. And that, I I don't want to say that that's the only reason it's on there, but that's a really, it's such an interesting thing that happens in the game that it makes me want to have it on my list as well. You know, even if it were the only reason that it makes your top 50 is that mechanic of the, the way the, the ships push one another and everything, I wouldn't blame you in the least. Uh, the... The lack of the the interaction on the stock market, really, it and the the inequities of the goal cards, yeah. kind of kind of soured me on the game a little bit. But it's still a game that I would happily put on the table if anyone asked for it. So it didn't make my list, but but yeah, that that one mechanic was ingenious, and I would love to see other other games pick up on that mechanic as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so. The next couple are uh, school night games, I guess you could say, more middleweight. And the first one is Rococo. Yep, that's next up for me too. Who knew I liked making dresses? (laughs) Hey, all right, I'm down. I'm super excited about the uh, jewelry expansion, and I like the the way the deck building works. And it's it's just enjoyable. There's nothing special there's nothing exemplary about the game it's just enjoyable and again i love unique themes and this is one of only two fashion centric games that i know of the other being predaporte that are out there and i enjoy them both but yeah rococo just a just a fun game i really enjoy rococo because i like the the building up that becomes, you know, to the end of the fireworks display and, and getting all of the different fountains and the features and, and all that stuff. I just, and it's, the art's beautiful and the colors are great and it's just, it's just a fun game. I just, I like it a lot. Up for next for me is Small City by Albin Viard. This game makes me want to die and um, it is. In a good way though, I hope. <laughs> yes, in a very good way. Or it wouldn't be on my uh, top 50 here. It's. It's SimCity, the board game, just the way that you have to think about every single thing that you do, how Albin's games always are. And it's just the Tetris that you have to play and the thinking ahead you have to do. And 
just everything about it is awesome. Yep. Also on my list, we reviewed it recently. We had some issues with the game, but that didn't stop either one of us rating it extremely high. Mm -hmm. And it's a game that I'm excited to get to the table. Hey, there's a theme here. Uh, I Even though we've recently reviewed it, it's a game that I still want to get to the table, yeah. which is a very, very good sign. Mm -hmm. So just before Small City on my list is Shipyard. I believe this was in my top 20 last time. Uh, it just narrowly missed it. Another school night game to where I just, I love making my ships. I love running them on their test runs. I love trying, hey, do I go big ships this time? Mm -hmm. Do I go little ships? Do I go this? Do I do that? Can I omit propellers? Can I, whatever. And I love the 74 different rondelles that are in the game. <laughs> just really really enjoy this game and it's it's one that will never leave our collection mm -mm. it's such a good and game that we also reviewed yeah. right and we will be talking about that one later in my list next one up for me is three kingdoms redux we played this quite a bit whenever you guys reviewed it i wasn't a part of the show yet but i was still third chair playing the games and it's just a great game it's hard to play it's hard for, for me anyway it's hard to play and it requires a lot of thinking in different ways that I'm used to when it comes to playing games. And the history of it is awesome and the, the art is beautiful. And uh, Christina and Yaust are, are fantastic people. So that makes me, you know, like it even more just because of them. But yeah, so I love that game. It'll be on my list here in a little bit. All right. Another recent review for us and that's St. Petersburg. Another just classic just awesome, fun school night game. Mm -hmm. The end. I mean, it, there's a reason, I don't know, a decade plus that it's it, since it was first published that we still enjoy it. And it still gets lots of plays by other members of BGG. Go back and listen to the review if you need us to sell you on it. That's and a, yeah. by the way, John gets games. He was underwhelmed. We'll forgive him this time. <laughs> and we'll talk about that later in my list. Up next for me is Tigris and Euphrates. I hadn't played this game before ever, and then I played it twice in a row and fell in love, and it's very abstracted. It's just, it's a thinky, really, really good Kinesia, and it's Kinesia for sure with that scoring mechanic, but it's, I really liked the game. Wow. That means we're going to have to revisit Reef Encounter, because yep. I, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of similarities there, and... Tigris and Euphrates is a hard game, mm -hmm. and I understand why some people absolutely hate it and others absolutely love it. But yeah, I was enamored with it, but man, that kicked my butt when we played it. The next splatter up for me is The Great Zimbabwe. There are a lot of things to like about this game. Uh, it plays in about 90 minutes. I love the uh, cut your own throat as far as set your own victory point goal. I love the dispersion, dispersing of the wealth auction for mm -hmm. turn order. Just haven't played it enough of late, so it it's down here. In But it's not like this is a bad game being right. in 21 to 50. It's still a fantastic game. Just need to play it more and hopefully review it eventually on the show. That's up higher on my list. Next up for me is another Feld, Trajan. I love the Mon Moncala in the game. Um, it is... There's just so many different things to do. I mean, it's a point salad. It's felled. It's it's one of my favorites of his. I think probably my second favorite, I would say. Um, yeah, I just 
I love, I, I, we don't play it enough, but I, I, I really enjoy Trajan. I've really feel like I have grown past a lot of Feld games and I enjoy Trajan. I don't love it like I used to, but I enjoy it and I, I welcome plays of it. But yeah, not a top 50 for me anymore. All right. The first true political slash war game that's on my list, and that's Triumph and Tragedy. It's a block war game. I think the fact that you really enjoyed it as well uh, didn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Let me put it to you that way. But it's another three-player centric game that just I I long to get to the table again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. I, it's not on my list, but yes, that was a very enjoyable game, even though I did get my butt whooped completely. Not even just, you know, like a little bit, but completely by skipping. And next up for me is Zolkin. We played this game a lot when it first came out and it kind of soured me on it I think because we played it so much but it's still I still wanted it in my top 50 because it's it's a good enough game that I can overlook being kind of sour on it and still think about kind of burnout you mean yeah, by sour? yeah okay uh, All so right. still um even though I am soured on it or burnout on it or whatever I still can look past that and still understand that it's a really really good game cool that's fair it just barely missed my list again uh just has hit the table in a long time and i'd like it for for it too because we have the expansion i've never played it i'm very curious to try it and it's another game that scales well uh two three or four or i guess with the expansion five twilight struggle is up next for me it's a game that i would love to play more i know it's it's like i feel like a broken record at this point um but there if i could just not work and you could just not work we would have so much more time to play all these wonderful games. That would be fantastic. But having recently done our video for 13 days, our playthrough, and it just made me realize, wow, I really want to play this game some more. It being Twilight Struggle and just haven't or else it would likely be up on my list higher. Yeah, it, this An missed my classic. Yeah, this missed my top 50 simply because we've only played it once, but it's um well, you have only played this once. How many times have you played it? I thought you'd only Three. played it once. Oh, okay. But yeah, so it's not on my list. Um, but yeah, it would be if we'd played it more, most likely. And next up for me is Village. It's absolutely unplayable without Village Port. <laughs> well, I don't know unplayable. It makes it so much better that I... I agree, I but really... it's not. I think it's fine. But anyway, anyway go ahead. Whatever. Sorry. So um, it's... Uh, it's such a funny game because you want to kill your people. I mean, it makes no sense, (laughs) but you want them to die so you can get new generations of people. But it's a, it's an interesting, it's a really interesting and cool, cool game that we haven't played in a while, but I still, I, I would like to more. It's, it's, I really like that game too. Yeah. That time mechanic is really cool. Uh And it, it, it kind of tells a bit of a story in that, you know, Oh, this generation died off. He was a famous, I don't know, barkeep or whatever he was. And I think that's, you know, a really well-known clergyman. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's really unique in that it has a strong theme going through that. And it legitimately tells a story. So yeah, let's, let's make that happen. Yeah. A legitimate true war game is up next, and that's U.S. Civil War. Again, I would give my left arm. Okay, it's a bit of an exaggeration, but I would really like to play this uh, every night for a week. 
to be able to really feel comfortable enough to review this on the show. It is the map. If you're a map file, I don't know what the exact term is, but if you enjoy maps, I think it has an absolutely stunning map with the game. Uh, it's it's historic. It can also be somewhat ahistoric. It has shorter scenarios. Uh, and I think having Tony around and him being such a knowledgeable guy when it comes to the Civil War, he made me enjoy the history of the game and why people are rated the way they are, the generals and such. And it's just, it's a fascinating uh, look and its strategic level, just Everything that I enjoy about war games, just about, this game has. And just, yeah, I just want to play it more. I haven't played it, but I would love to. All right, so my last one, since we've talked about it, some other ones already, is Wildcatters. This game... Also on my list. Yeah, this game is beautiful. It is elegant. It is, you know, we how much we love that word, but it is. And it's really hard. <laughs> the area... Majority part is so hard, but it's so good and so worth the irritation and not winning Russia or whatever. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy this game. We've reviewed this as well. It's definitely on my top 50 list. It's a game that I absolutely love. It's a little uh, misleading in that it is a collection of area majority games. And a lot of people might be surprised uh, when they first play that, that, that's the case, but maybe not because I imagine they will have listened to our review. <laughs> that said, uh, yeah, just aesthetically, one of the prettiest games on the table mm -hmm. that you could ever want to see. And just I thoroughly enjoy this game. And it's one that even though I've played it just a ton, both in anticipation of the review as well as prior to that, it's a game I still look forward to playing many more times down the road. Mm -hmm. My last one is the second Vital Lacerda game on my list, and that is Venus. It's a hard game. It's a game that isn't, it doesn't have all the edges smoothed off of it, and I enjoy that about the design. I know the reprint is, well, it takes. It changes the game a bit, and I'm looking forward to trying that. But when I talk about Venus, I'm talking about the first edition. It still has a place in my heart, and it's a game that I absolutely welcome playing more of. It didn't make my list, but yes, I would definitely enjoy playing that more. And welcome to the top 20. Dun, 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 dun. So I gave some thought is to how much do I really want to play these games right now? And that's kind of some of the rationale that went into my top 20. Okay. All right. So with that said, my number 20 is Antiquity. And the reason it's that low, it's a fantastic game. It's a Civ game. I love it. But I don't know if I'm super jonesing to play it, but I absolutely, hey, you want to play Antiquity? Yeah, let's do this. You know, okay. that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, just one of my all-time favorite Civ games. Yep, and we will be talking about that later. Okay. All right, my number 20 is 18 Dixie. I played it at Conclave of Gamers with uh, our regular 18xx crew, and I really enjoyed it. It was a very cool game. I like, I like the 18xx games where minors grow into majors, and that's like the preeminent example of, of that. Okay. That's fair. I haven't played it yet. Uh, I'm looking forward to. I definitely want to. I think the uh, 
the uh, the track that mm-hmm. you follow it's as crazy. far it's as stock yep. round than operating round. Mm-hmm. It is the most involved track that I've ever seen in any <laughs> 18xx game. Yeah, and it is. I've heard nothing but good things. I'm intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to play it. So I'll add another on the anticipating list. All right. <laughs> so for me, my number 19 is Container. I think it was higher uh, last year or whatever on the last list. Um, Amanda talked well about it earlier. Just a one of the quintessential auction games, and it plays surprisingly fast. Mm-hmm. It's all it always surprises me. I'm like, uh, do I want to get a play for three hours? And I'm like, wait a minute, it's like a ninety minute, yeah. maybe hundred and twenty minute, two hour game. It's not a long game, not at all. And I know it's supposed to be getting a reprint here. Um, my guess is going to be 2017, maybe roll into 2018. So I'm looking forward to that. But I do love our custom heavy cardboard oh, yeah. painted chips. Most Thanks, definitely. T. Uh-huh. All right, my number 19 is 1846. It's a really good tra- like learning 18xx game, but there's meat there. So that's why it's in my top 20, because it can introduce people to 18xx games. But I don't want to fall asleep. While playing it and it, it's yep. a game you can play over and over and over again and be just fine doing that exactly and it's it's higher on my list and that's why a lot of people whenever i look on like reddit or something like that and people recommending uh, 18 al as a beginner game and i would disagree with mm-hmm. that because 18 al it's just it's boring yep. for anybody that is even remotely experienced with 18xx games. Whereas 1846, you can introduce to beginners and it still be a really good game for experienced players to yep. play with them. So yeah, definitely good, good, excellent choice. Why? Thank you, sir. The next, the last splatter that is on my list, and that is Indonesia. More, it has the unique feature of the mergers that is the game and it's just fantastic we've played it a lot over the course of the last year so i'm not i'm not super Ooh, i want to play this game but at the same time it is such a good game that it belongs in my top 20 and it's a game that i even though i might not be jones into play right now it's a game that once i played it i'd be like yeah this is pretty. yeah i remember why now mm-hmm and it's getting reprinted later on this year, here in the next month or two, actually, in time for Essen. So I'm I'm really excited to see what the, the fellas do with the new board, uh, the redesign on that, and some other minor aesthetic stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. My number 18 is Craftsman. That was lower on your list, um, and we talked about it then, but... It's just it's such a brain burning game that you have to. There's so many things you have to remember regarding. You have to have this before you can do this, but you kind of need that before you could do this. It's just and the different buildings and the chaining that you can do and all of that kind of stuff is just perfect for me. So it's going to be in my top twenty for sure. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely belongs there for you, and it's it's not far off for me. My number seventeen is 1857. My number 17 is 1857. This is a winsome 18xx games, which basically means that this is uh, an 1830 clone. It requires 1830 in order to play it. But the reason I have this so high on my list doesn't have to do with the fact that Tony made me a custom 1857 from my components. He just completely just tricked it out 
just beautiful. It's set in, shoot, Argentina, somewhere in South America. And much like what I said with 1889 about it being an 1830 clone on a better map, this game plays in about two hours, two and a half hours, Mm -hmm. with anything remotely close to experienced players. And this has, at least in my experience, the most extreme train rush. Yes. Uh, There were, I want to say the last time we played this game... The threes and fours or the fours and five trains never ran. It was the threes and fours. Yeah, they never ran. It was fantastic Mm -hmm. and totally brutal. And it's it's a legitimate 18xx game that can be played on a school night. And I will never, ever turn down a game of this. With rare exception, I guess. (laughs) So what's your number 17? My number 17 is uh, the next slaughter on my list, Roads and Boats. It is so high on my list because we... I mean, we've only we haven't played it very often. We've only played it once, but it's logistics and UPS is my middle name and Right, you are the queen of logistics, yes. yes. I am. And so it just it it hits all the right notes for me. So that tells me we just need to play it more. Yep. Yes, please. Next up, number sixteen for me is TKR, Three Kingdoms Redux. Arguably the best three player game out there, in my opinion. It has auctions, it has just direct player confrontation, but it also prevents the big problem that you often have in direct confrontation games, three-player games, and that is, oh, if these two fight this third player, then walks away with the win. Mm -hmm. That's truly impossible just by the way the game's designed here. As you mentioned earlier, it has gorgeous artwork, uh, just, just genuinely enjoy this game really really i I think i i would say that my love affair for the game has grown since our uh review then as opposed to wayne on oh wow okay my number 16 is another logistics happy game the great zimbabwe i adore the great zimbabwe um it was the game that i wanted to play on my birthday a couple of years ago so that's always a good indication of what kind of gaming mood I'm in and what my favorite game is at the time. Um, and I love the, like we, like we talked about earlier, I love the distribution of wealth and the cutting your own throat with the different gods and, and all of that stuff. It's just, it's such an awesome game. Totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your number 15? It is the inaugural Golden Elephant Award winner. And that is Madeira. Amanda talked about it earlier. It's a game that I keep trying to get back out to the table here at game days. And for one reason or another, somebody shoots it down. I think at some point I'm just going to say, no, look, I'm playing this. I'll play it solo four player if I have to, but I'm playing this game. The Ambassador uh, little mini expansion that came out for it really helps with the islands and the 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 distribution of what's important in the game and i think that's only made it a better game and i still think to this day it is nuno and paulo's pinnacle as far as game design in my opinion well all right so yep number 15 madeira my number 15 is shipyard we talked about that a little bit earlier with you that's just i I just love the the variability of the game how many different ways you can go about doing things and the, I mean, who doesn't like to build a ship? Come on now. 
And it, I know some people don't enjoy the, uh, the personal goals, the private goals. You can always do the common ones yeah. if you want. And hey, at the end of the game, you choose one green, one blue. Everybody does. Boom, done. Right. So earlier we mentioned auction games and you said what your favorite auction game is. And I could make a case that this is my favorite at number 14. Although there's one higher that, again, could be argued that it's an auction game, too. And that's mm-hmm. Noya Heimet at my number 14. Just the most brutal auction game in existence and absolutely delicious. Yep. Just the end. <laughs> if you can't get a copy, just go make, make your own yeah, if worse comes to worse. Go to or, Home Depot or, and buy some stuff. Or make friends with somebody that has a copy and play theirs. Mm-hmm. My number 14 is Lahav. It's this is one of the very first like very heavy ish games that we played, I think. And I remember just falling in love with it. And like you said earlier, there's just, you know, basically two decisions that you have every turn. But it's such a hard burn and trying to figure out what is best for you to do. And looking far enough down the road, Mm -hmm. okay, I need to convert this to this, and then I need this to this to be able to get this ship to be able to make enough points. Exactly. Oh, and don't forget, you have to feed. Mm Mm-hmm. Great game. Yep, sure is. My number 13 is the 2014 Golden Elephant Award winner, and that's Arkwright. Fantastic business sim that has recently been reprinted by Capstone Games, originally by Spielworks, and just... It's just a win of a design. It plays fantastic two, three, and four players. And there's a reason we're wanting to make a playthrough video for mm-hmm. it. We think it's special and deserves to be in uh, any any business slash economic fans collection. Yep, absolutely. And this one's higher on my list. My number 13 is Food Chain Magnate by Splatterspellin. It is... The game is so incredibly difficult for me. Um... The wrapping my head around the advertising and the radio and the airplanes and and all of those different things and trying to figure out the best form of action to be able to sell all of your stuff and everything is really, really good. And this is Splatter's latest release. This was a Golden Elephant Award winner last year and totally deserving of that. And that's actually my number 12. And oh, yep, nice. exactly what you said. It's <laughs> it's one of my favorite games, obviously, because it's number 12 on my list. So you want to roll into your number 12. Sure. My number 12 is 18 Arden. So this is another one where you, the miners grow up into the majors, which is a theme, if you're noticing, in my favorite 18xx games. <laughs> the reason it's not in my top 50 is just haven't played it much lately mm-hmm. and Others have eclipsed it from a newness standpoint, right, but otherwise, uh, I do really enjoy the way there's that huge, I want to say 15 auctions mm-hmm. for the miners yeah. that, get star- that get started and then certain miners can merge into certain majors and just the planning that goes into that and the mm-hmm. variability of that. Oh, I got this miner and this miner at this game. Okay, how do I make this exactly. work? So yeah, an excellent game. I know some... 18xxers are poo-pooing the game a bit, but we're not proficient enough Mm-mm. to run into the issues that some people perceive as issues. So in the meantime, much like, say, a few acres of snow, it's a non-issue for us, but it's something to be aware of. My number 11 was new to this, uh, my top 20 this year, 
and that's Masters of Venice. You mentioned it earlier. Mm-hmm. I think it, the tactile fiddliness that yeah. this game has, I think actually adds to the game as opposed to detracts from it. Much like what we said when we, when, uh, or that I said when we reviewed it, I like that you can actually, you physically have to move the, the pegs on a pegboard to simulate supply and demand. Mm-hmm. And I just like that, oh, wow, I see it as opposed to just, a number moving or moving something out. It just, it feels like what you're doing. And I just, I really enjoy this game. Yeah. Really enjoy this game. I hate the artwork. Yes. So if you can overlook that, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's still dirt cheap. It's like 12, 15, 20 bucks. Definitely recommend checking it out as long as you can get past the art. My number 11 is St. Petersburg. This is what we reviewed in episode 50. So you can obviously go back a couple episodes and listen to our thoughts about it. We just played it again um, recently and just remembered how much I truly love this game. Yeah, it's a classic for a reason, right? Yep. All right, reach the top 10. My number 10, Reef Encounter. Woe on me for the simple fact that I can never get it out to the table with our game group because too many people dislike this game because y'all are weird. Whatever. That said, with your new affinity of Tigris and Euphrates, yep. I do think that, that there is some similarities between the games, and I really would implore you oh, yeah. to please try this again and give it a give it a shot with googly eyes. Oh, well, yeah. Just put the googly eyes on the shrimp and let's do this. Absolutely. And I know that Matt is willing to play it, too. He doesn't really care for it either, but we both want to play it to cool. see if we're still... Right, and not liking it or not. Oh, no, that would be wrong, not liking <laughs> it. Thank you. All right, what's your number 10? Castles of Burgundy. It's my wow, favorite. Wow, yeah. it's way down here. Yeah, huh? it is. My favorite Feld. It's just a nice, relaxing game. That's just the best way for me to describe it. Hmm. I, I'm not going to say that this shows your any maturity in your gaming taste but i would say an evolution in your gaming taste the fact that this is your number 10 mm-hmm. i would have said that this still would have been one in your top three so i'm super excited to see what's in your yeah i think you i think you're going to be shocked by my top 10 cool <laughs> number nine the old soldier puerto rico <laughs> unlike many gamers we came into the hobby well after puerto rico was has already played itself out to a lot of people we didn't get that and i still thoroughly enjoy every single time we play it and every single time we play it we're like huh we should play this more yep yeah just an absolute classic and a game that uh that i just don't tire of so number nine puerto rico and that's higher on my list my number nine is indonesia we talked about that a little bit earlier with you and the I think the fact that I am so infatuated with this game is because I am incapable of I, I I won the first time we played and I don't think I've ever won it since. It's very very hard for me for this this game and I'm not sure why. And so evaluating I, the value of the mergers, maybe that and just trying to figure out exactly the best route to go to deliver things and and that that just for some reason it just it's like a a sticking point with me. I just can't quite get it. So I think that's why it's so high on my list. It's because it's just so frustrating to me and I want to play it more in order to try to figure out why I can't figure it out. <laughs> Fair enough. My number eight, Martin Wallace's best game, in my opinion, 
brass. Just need to play it more. The end. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really play it very much whenever you guys reviewed it. So I've only played it once or twice, I think, and I haven't played it in years. Oh, okay, fair enough. And I do want to play Age of Industry, which is kind of how uh, Steam or uh, is to Age of Steam. Age of Industry is the brass. So I definitely want to try it. I still haven't to be able to compare and contrast. But that said, I thoroughly enjoy brass. So I'm not going to say there's no need. I really do want to, but I can't imagine it's going to eclipse brass at number eight for me. All right. You're sitting, so that's good. My number eight is Dominant Species. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, I feel like this really shows my gaming growth because I used to absolutely abhor this game because I did not want to be the bad guy and I did not want to kill people and kill species. And now I'm understanding that it's just a game and it's okay. Nobody's going to not want to be my friend anymore just because I killed that arachnid on that tundra. Oh, so you're talking not because you're killing animals, so to speak. It's so because you're having to, quote unquote, pick on somebody. No, or, no, no, no. Or, or I, attack I, somebody. Yeah, exactly. I mean, okay. I, if I completely understand that it's just cubes, I'm not actually killing, you know, spiders or anything like that. I understand that. It's the pick on people factor, which that doesn't really, that doesn't bother me anymore. And it used to bother me so much, even, you know, to, to pick on someone else or to feel picked on. But now it's just it's just a game, man. <laughs> so it's made me see how awesome this game is. That's a, that's fantastic to hear. Uh, <laughs> it's higher on my list as to be expected. Right. My number seven is my favorite political game, and that's Demoker. Five hour, five on, five player only game that I absolutely love. That if you have any questions, go back and listen to our review. I absolutely love this game. My number seven is Agricola. I have never played it actually. No, wait, I did play it once without the Farmers of the Moor expansion and didn't enjoy it. I needed to be able to do more than what the base game gave me. <laughs> and, um, but it, I, I, I really enjoy Agricola. I love farming, the, you know, the farming aspect of it and the family and having to feed everybody and the constant pressure of having to have enough food for everybody and enough workers to do what you need and, and all of those lovely things. This is my number six. Oh, game. wow. Second and the reason the reason I enjoy this game so much is because unlike many other games in which you're just trying to do the, you know, who does the best as far as who's the most prosperous and all that. That's not really the case in Agricola. It's all about subsistence. You're just trying to survive. Yeah. If you survive, you did a good job. If you're not going to, you know, score absolutely terribly then you did a good job regardless if you won the game. I like that it is a more stressful and more difficult worker placement game as opposed to Fields of Arla and Caverna where there are ways to circumvent. If someone blocks you here, you're pretty much blocked and you better come up with plan B or have come up with plan mm -hmm. B prior. I just, one of my just all-time favorite games yep. and a game that I really want to play more. I, I guess I should stop saying that because that pretty much goes for almost any game in this list. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my number six Agricola. Right, and my number six is Arkwright. This was, you know, a game that you guys reviewed and before I was on the show and it's, you know, spreadsheet the game. And it's just, I really, I just, I just love the game. I just... Yeah. 
I, I don't care about that whole not you know spreadsheet the game name that some people who hate the game or just uh it looks terrible. I think it, it looks pretty. It's gorgeous. The setting up the pawns can be a bit of a hassle without the maple realty insert, but the uh it's just the art's beautiful, the I just I I just love the game. The end. Your number five. Key flower. Whoa. Another game that I just don't get a chance to play much of, and this is just basing it off the base game. I We have both the expansions, soon to be another, it sounds like, uh, at Essen, but just haven't played the base game enough to warrant breaking out the expansions yet, and that's why we haven't reviewed it. Just, I love the fact that meeples are currency as well as workers, and the different colors are different currencies. I, I, I just think that's so clever. And yeah, fantastic game, Keyflower. My number five is Antiquity. I this is my favorite splatter, obviously, since it's the highest one on the list. And I love I love me a Civ game, and I also love me a game that's punishing. And this is the most punishing game. <laughs> All that stupid pollution, but it's it's so good. It's such and a I, good game. I think it plays well two, three, and four, although maybe runs a little long with four. Mm-hmm. We can. All right. My number four, 1846, for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. All right. My number four is Age of Steam. And I'm not going to say it's, I don't, whenever I say Age of Steam, I'm not talking about the base game. I'm talking about the system, all of the different maps and all of the different, just everything about Age of Steam. That's what makes it my number four game. It's not the base game. It's the system. No, there's nothing wrong with the with the base map, with the Rust Belt map, but I agree. The system is what makes it, and it's higher on my list. All right. Number three on my list is Dominant Species. It's the game I've played more than any other, including Fillers, which I think is kind of cool, and it's a game I never tire of. It's a game where you can be 50 points behind midway through the game and still not be out of it, and it changes every game. By the way, the the order of which the cards come out, and it's just, I I just love the game. Mm-hmm. I hope we review it sooner rather than later. Oh, yeah, I would agree, and I think that should not be any problem. My number three is eighteen thirty. I know that you don't care for it because of the map and the track laying, but I I don't mind that at all. I just I love eighteen thirty. I love the the base game of it. I also love all of the the fact that it can be molded and changed just ever so slightly to make a completely different game, whether it, you know, just making it in a different locale or whatever, all the win, just about all of those winsome games are based on 1830 and the tiles and, and everything like that. And I just, um, yeah, when at heavy con Tony KR and Dana and I just were like, Hey, let's play 1830. Like, okay, plunk. So we just at any, any, any time, I will play 1830. Nice. Even though you're not too keen on the stock manipulation mm-hmm. aspect, which this is, you know, the the grandfather of that, uh, I find that interesting. So that tells me that you're interested in it, even if you're not so hot at it yet. Right. Cool. So I actually struggled here between my number one and number two game. Wow. And I thought about it and I decided my number two game is some people call it Martin Wallace's game. Some people call it John Boer's <laughs> game. That's for another discussion. But of course, I'm talking about Age of Steam. So earlier when I had talked about 
Neue Heimat about being the best auction game. A lot of people say that the turn order auction in Age of Steam is, in a lot of cases, the game itself. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't go quite that far, but it there's a reason it has upwards of 140, 170 expansion maps. There's a reason that a, a few big name designers have cut their teeth designing Age of Theme maps. It is extremely versatile. It is also extremely just enjoyable. And I love the aspect of the game that the very first action of the very first turn of the very first player can be like, uh, uh. how many shares do I take? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, it winning uh, two, three, four, five, six, or seven players, depending on the map. And that is the only downside. You do want to match the player count to the map. But other than that, yeah, just amazing. And to think the first couple times I played this, I absolutely mm -hmm. hated yeah, we both did. Steam. Which oh, is how things change. Mind boggling to me. All right. My number two is Puerto Rico. It was lower on your list and um it's such a classic game. It's just fantastic. I mean, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> it's just so good. Yep. There's a reason it stood the test of time, right? Yep. And I do believe, sir, that we have come to number one. And I believe that perhaps the Eulers have the exact same number one game. That's interesting. I, I would not have guessed that. <laughs> But my number one is, was. And will always be. Nope, I don't know <laughs> that I can say that, but it's the new, or a story, whatever the new version Through of it is. Through the ages, a new story of civilization. There you go. And that's my number one as well. It is, I just, I love playing this game. Mm -hmm. There is one really, really big caveat. Don't play this it with four. This is a four. two or three player <laughs> game only. I will never, ever, ever, ever play it four players again. It just, it drags way longer than it should. Whether experienced players, new players, doesn't matter. It just drags too long. But outside of that, I never thought that there could be a Civ game that is strictly cards and it still feel thematic and still feel like the progression of time. And props to Vlada Shavadal for being able to come up with a game that does that and that isn't dudes on a map. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just, it's fascinating to me. And I just, I'm not really good at the game, but I love every single play of this. And I would nearly be willing to play this almost weekly for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I could definitely see that. And yeah, I, I would agree with you on every point. It's so good. It's so good. All right, so there's there's our top 50. Uh, I got to say there's some surprises here for hearing from you. So I'm, I'm excited uh, to have learned that, and hopefully the, the listeners are as well. Yeah, so maybe this will give you guys a good kind of blueprint and layout of how I feel about certain games, and you can understand where I'm coming from whenever I review games from now on. So one last thing that I wanted to bring up, since I have a previous list to go off of so i made this list and there are nine new games on this as opposed to the last list and i think we should do this each time to see the, yeah. the just the way things change so the new in are 1860 1880 
1889, Cavum, Millennium Blades, Small City, St. Petersburg, U.S. Civil War, and Lignum. Mm. So with nine new games in, that means nine games had to come out of the top 50. However, two of them, I feel kind of disqualified and really, if I'm being honest, didn't belong last time we did this list. But in my opinion, these two are honorary top 20 games for me. And those are the Climbers, which are right, fine. I'm not going to call it filler, but maybe. And Crokinole. I'm not going to go to a game day to play Crokinole or to play the Climbers, but those are two of my all-time favorite games nonetheless. So other than those two, 18 Ardennes, 18 Mechs, Hammer of the Scots, Here I Stand, Imperios Millenarios, Zulkin, and Unhappy King Charles. And to be honest with y'all, any of those could have made the list if I had played them since the last time I made this list. Right, that's fair. So, yeah, it's a snapshot in time, right? Mm-hmm. That's so all it is. there you go. And for all those folks who don't know how to get in contact with us, Amanda? Our website is heavycardboard.com. Our email address is contact at heavycardboard.com. We love hearing from you guys, so please don't be shy. Our Twitter handle is at heavycardboard. Our Facebook page is Heavy Cardboard. Our YouTube channel is Heavy Cardboard Vids, V-I-D-S. Our Instagram is Heavy Cardboard. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash heavy cardboard. And our BGG guild number is 2044. All right. So there's our top 50, at least of right now, right? Yeah, exactly. Right now. That was fun. And I feel like hopefully folks learned a little bit about you or a little bit more about me and a little bit more about you. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to get some feedback. Yeah, it should be interesting. And don't forget about the Google Voice. Mm -hmm. Interact with us, y'all. Call us, leave us voicemails, leave us or email us. We'll answer you on the show. Cool. All right. Then we'll catch you all next time. Yep. Bye, Bye, guys.